Joe presents TKO. Welcome to TKO. I uh, hope you're having a good start to the year. Um, we've got a special announcement for you. We've come up to Hull. Carl and myself are joined by Tommy Coyle. Good to see you, mate. Last time we saw you, you, you were in Camford. Was it Philly or Vegas? Do you remember? It was after New York, basically, it was wasn't it? Philadelphia. It was Philadelphia, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So you were you were just off the back of the Algeri fight in New York. And we had that impromptu chat, which turned into quite an emotional one because obviously you were considering your future and everything else. Yeah. So that's got to be five, six months ago now. I think June, July, yes, five months. And um, you've had some news this week that sort of prompted you to, to make a decision. Yeah, um, it's, it's a, you know, a tough call, but I've decided with my family, my trainers, managers that it's time to call it a day. Uh, but a phenomenal career. Have I achieved more than I thought I would? Yeah. Have I uh, exceeded my potential? Absolutely. You know, I never in my wildest dreams thought I'd, I'd end up fighting at Madison Square Garden. So I look over my shoulder and I'm content. I'm happy with my career, but it's time to call it a day. I always said I wanted to get out of the game with all my faculties intact. And I'm going to stick to my promise and that's what I'm going to do. Good man. Well, congratulations on an amazing career. But obviously, this is probably the most difficult thing you've done, I imagine, in those last 10 years. I retired about four or five times in the last six months and just not announced it. <laughs> we've got a bet on today whether I start crying or not. Thank you, Will, you know? No, I'm not. I've cried enough, I'll tell you now. Like, the last six months, I'm not going to lie, have been, they've been dark, they've been tough, they've been horrible because... I don't want to retire, do you know what I mean? I love fighting, I love everything about it. I love the camp, I love being in camp with the lads. I love the physicality of having a, you know, getting in there and having it. I love it. But um, listen, the way I fight and some of the wars I've been involved in, you go swimming, you get wet, you know, it's how many more wars can I have? Where do I draw the line? Do I have one war too many? And I just think I've achieved my mountaintop. I'm not a world champion. I'm, not the best fighter in the world, but I've had a right good goal. I've made some top memories. I've proper loved it, I really have. We're going to talk about some of your, your best memories and best fights and stuff over the next sort of 45 minutes. The issue with coming towards the end of the, your career, as you know, you can always have just one more fight, but actually to draw the line and walk away before that one more fight becomes two more and three more yeah. is actually probably braver almost than getting back in the ring. Yeah, and I said... There's not many fighters get it right, and when the right time is to, to get out, and very, very few have. You, you look at examples of guys like Floyd Mayweather, absolutely done it right. Mm. Joe Calzaghe, done it right. There's not many more that, that come to mind. There's a difference there in the time. Yeah, yeah, right. But I'm, but I'm talking about like just getting out of boxing at the right yeah. time. I'm not talking about like levels of where people are in the sport, but very few fighters get it right. And, a problem with a lot of guys is they lose a fight and they go chasing a win and they lose again and they go chasing a win and it, it just kind of keeps going on like that and I yeah. think that's someone like Tommy Tommy's different a completely different character to me like I'm I'm enjoying boxing at this point in time but when I feel like it's time to retire I'll know it's time to retire and I, I will we were joking about it I was expecting Tommy to shed a tear here today I'll be happy when I sit down and do a TKO podcast talking about my retirement, my career. Mm. But Tommy's a man that wants to fight all the time. Mm. And it's just in him. It's something, not that I don't want to, I love fighting, but I would enjoy, I'd enjoy the break too. 
Yeah. I think the thing is, I have a phenomenal business. I have a, a very, very good business. I've worked hard at it. And I've always been a believer that you can't sell a dream looking like a nightmare. And, you know, I'm in the health and well-being industry. And how can I go out there, promote health and well-being if I haven't got my own? And the way I fight is not viable on the body or the brain. Everybody knows that my eyesight's been affected. That was the reason Jamie Moore pulled me in the fight against Chris Algieri. And I just don't want to, you know, I considered having the operation to, to fix my vision, but that would be like, you know, letting a, a burn heal and then jumping back in a fire. Mm. You know, it's time to call it a day. I don't want to fall out of love with the sport either. I, I really love it. I have hundreds of kids. I train in the gyms. I want to stay in love with it so I can uh, remain passionate about it and do a good job of all the kids that we work with. Mm. When you mentioned about the eye there, one name that springs to mind is Anthony Agogo. And he was on the um, he was on the undercard of, I think it was your fight with Derry Matthews, if I'm right. And, you know, his career's been cut woefully short so early and, and very unfairly. And I guess the one thing that when people will look to you when this episode goes out in, in a couple of days' time is that you have set that exit strategy up from a sport that so many don't. You know, we're going to hopefully try and get hold of Danny Williams this season at some point and sit down with him, who's oh, yeah, still Williams. boxing into his late yeah. 40s after an amazing career that sort of really should have ended a decade and a half ago and didn't perhaps because he didn't necessarily set up an exit strategy and didn't have maybe the education to realise that there are other things that you need to do after boxing. And I know that's something you work hard on with, with your agent, Ben, mm. is setting up life after boxing. And you have to set it up a lot earlier than perhaps you think yeah. you do, right? And I've been taking a lot of advice off Tommy. And again, I know where I'm at at this stage of my career, but my approach to boxing at this point in time is take one fight at a time. And that's what I want to do. And, and I think that I've been thinking about the things that Tommy's doing and I want to kind of replicate what he's doing in Belfast. And I think it'll give me something just to get me out of bed in the morning. And I want to be, people in, in Hull love Tommy and the people of the community love him and the kids and, and their parents. And he's doing such good things. I would love to kind of do that and take that back with me to, to Belfast. And mm -hmm. me and Tommy have spoke about it and he's willing to help me and give me ideas and stuff. And Tommy's more like business minded than me. I, I genuinely don't have a clue about business. I don't have a clue but I'll need to learn. I think I can learn a bit from Tommy. You know, the thing is, I don't have a real clue about business. You, you, do, remember, you I, do, you do though. I'm visionary, you know, I'm very, very visual. And I've been very fortunate that I've managed to get the right people on the bus, pardon the pun if people know about the Box Club programme, but I've managed to get the right people on the bus to help me achieve the, the vision. And you know, it takes brains to want to surround yourself with brains. And I think that's where I have been smart. I realized many years ago that everybody has a shelf life. And I knew that I'd only have a certain shelf life. And I did start to plan for after boxing because I made all the wrong decisions growing up a young lad could make. I was expelled from school, come away from school with no GCSEs, no real, no real education at all, really. And who's to say that? I wouldn't have got injured in my, my first ever fight. What would I have done mm. then? Mm. So I was mindful that the boxing was only going to be for so long and I needed something, one, to stimulate my brain because I don't think I'm wired up properly, if I'm honest. But two, something to fall back on. Obviously, I have a young family. You know, I have three children, three boys, a wife, 
got to support them. And boxing for me has just been a vehicle to go and do some great things in the community and some great things in my business. I thought about this the other day and I counted how many people are in my team. I don't say staff or anything like that, we're a team. And my health is important because, I'm not saying I'm invincible, but you know I play a vital part in the organisation. They all rely on me for a salary. They've all got families and when you get to a certain age and you have children and you have a company, you don't just think about yourself. I've got to take everything into consideration. That's what I've done for the last six months. That's not why that's why I've not jumped to a conclusion and tried to, you know, rush my decision. I've thought about it long and hard, I've strategized about it. And first and foremost, my kids are far too important to me. I love them far too much to risk my health. I see the bigger picture. You know, I'm gonna wake up every day now and instead of waking up and thinking, right, it's time to go to the gym, I've gotta have my vitamins, gotta have my breakfast. It's, you know, I've got to have my breakfast, but I've got to get to the office. Mm. I feel it's almost as if when we spoke to you last time, the shock of suddenly being faced with retirement was a bit too much for you, and you've had some time to let it sink in and properly digest it. It's quite a good lesson, that, to any young fighters mm. to actually think about their retirement a long way before it actually it's is a reality. It's going to come at some point, and especially in our sport, you can't do it forever. So it's going to happen at some point, and although you may not want to think about it, I think it's very, very important to do what Tommy has done if you get the opportunity and have things in place to fall back on. I think that's probably part of the reason why you see so many people after boxing and kind of go off the rails and, and sink into depression and alcoholism and, and gambling addiction and everything else. They're just looking for another buzz and another different, like something to give them the buzz that they miss from boxing. I heard a stat the other day, and I may be wrong here, but it was an insane stat. 70% of professional footballers go bankrupt after... Five years or something. Yeah. Which is mad, given the money insane. that they own compared insane. to insane. Because, And I'm guessing a lot of it's to do with probably bad business decisions, but also spending it like... Spending it were, like it's never going to run out. Yeah, yeah, like when they were earning money, maybe 20, 30, 40, 100 grand a week, and they're trying to keep up and continue to do that, and it just doesn't work. I've had tons of help, you know. So many people have helped me along the way. But it's one particular guy. Give me a real simple, simple strategy, philosophy, whatever you're going to call it. He said, if you spend 33%, you save 33%, and you invest 33%, you won't go far wrong. Mm. Listen, I've probably spent more at times, but I always revert back to it, and I think, it's not a bad philosophy. You've got to spend because you've got to stay happy. You know, and it keeps you going, it gives you something to work for. Save a little bit and invest a little bit. Mm. I know two guys that have, um, have had your back for a number of years and that you've, you couldn't have done without Jamie Moore and Nigel Travis. Carl, you got your, you got your phone on you, mate? Yeah. Because we've got a few people, Tommy, that we've had chats with over the last, just the last few hours, just to, to kind of leave you there. Oh, thoughts. I feel like I'm going to cry. So let's, let's, go to, uh, <laughs> let's, go to, let's go to Jamie first. Can I just say something as well? Um, not many people know this, but you see this fella here, yeah? He's helped me in my last three... And <laughs> no, seriously, mate. No, no I'm like, just trying to hold together. I, I met him at... Um, it's funny, because he takes the piss out of me about it, but I met him at a Kell Brook do. A Kell Brook fight. Did he fight Spence that night? I'll tell him the story. Go on, what's the story? <laughs> so he sees me, Kell Brook fought Earl Spence, and Tommy comes over to me 
En je moest dus zes de halenjurf gaan van, ik kan een fotograaf worden. <laughs> so, ik kom, ik kom, ik kom zo voor de mee en goes, Carl, how you doing? I'm, I'm Tommy Coyle. Can I, I, That's right. No, 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 no. I, I've got it wrong. So he says, Carl, how you doing? Can I get a photograph of you, please? And I, oh, no problem, Tommy. Go ahead, jump in. He went. He knows my name. <laughs> 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 like, what the fucking... Of course I know your name. That's what are you talking about? No, but, like, I boxed some small old shows all my life. And there's him over there, in the Jackal. And um, I've, oh. I've got to get a picture of the Jackal. He's legend, sort of thing. He knows your name. There you are. Maybe sort of thing. Yeah, but... <laughs> no, he was wearing that T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I, I, as I was saying, I want to say it because it's very important. I remember, I don't know if he remembers, but I remember training in Tenerife and we sparred and I remember being nervous about sparring him. And when we got out, he said something to me, I'll never forget, he went, you can box like fuck, you know, Tommy. I went, really, yeah? He went, yeah, he said, why don't you do that in a fight? Because mm. <laughs> normally I'm seen just throwing A-makers and just trying to land one shot. Yeah. And uh, I thought about it, and honestly, that one sentence, what he said to me, the amount of confidence I got from it, you know, just having him around in New York and talking to me and just having him around, like, he's helped me. Remember a shout out the woman and the... Oh, funny. She told us, like, half an hour, so we're expecting oh, to be half it. an yeah, hour, yeah. and then she came in, like, five minutes later. Right, guys, one minute. Like, what? He's not even fucking wrapped up. And she went, get out, everyone. And she was all <laughs> shouting and making everyone dead anxious. And this guy's getting ready for a fight. So I fucked her out. Yeah, you <laughs> told her. But you know what? Like, I've met a powerful life in him. He's a good bloke. He's a good, good man to his kids and Christine. He's a bit of me, do you know what I mean? He's, he's a top guy. I love you to bits, mate. Thanks for everything. Likewise, Tommy. Thanks, oh, man. Good man. Just um, going back to that story quickly. Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask you I, about that. I, yeah. said, I remember the spar, and I thought the spar was in VIP gym. And I remember it was my first time sparring you. And I expected, because of seeing Tommy on the TV, just trying to walk through. It was going to be a hard yeah. fucking spar, bull coming in nonstop. And he outboxed me in the spar. I remember thinking, what the fuck? And I got out, and it's like, he did a great job and stuff. I'm like, why? I didn't even know you could do that. Why, why did you not fight like that? I get bored. I get bored boxing. I know that sounds pathetic and to all the, the boxing people that are probably listening to it. I do, honestly. I really enjoy like, the physicality of it. Because when you think back to like the Derry Matthews fight, yeah. 10th round and you were so far ahead, you could have actually coasted, I mean, the, I the last couple of rounds. I got out that night. But, but, but obviously the, th the thing was, it was like you, you could have easily just taken your foot off the gas and just boxed the move, yeah. but that's in your nature to give... I wanted give... to take him out. Yeah. I did, and I never forget it. Jamie says, right, Derry Matthews is he's most dangerous when he's most hurt. And I just didn't listen. <laughs> I went out there and I thought I felt like I could get him out there and really, you know, seize the moment, seize the day sort of thing. And then I can't look Spike out. Oh, he's a big shot, that. Become... I remember getting up and counting, and the referee's counting me. And I went, why are you... I remember saying to him, why are you counting me? <laughs> and then I didn't know I'd been knocked out. That yeah. was all the ref needed, really, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and he just waved off. We, um, we had a chat with, uh, with Derry last night, and he's, um, he's got a little message for you, mate. Here we go. All right, Tom. Do you know what, mate, Derry? Just want to wish you all the best on retirement, mate. You've had a great career. Been in some great fights over the years. I've been in one with you, and I've also watched you 
along your way, mate. Now it's time to put your feet up, rest up, and spend some time with your lovely family. All the best, champ, and I'll be seeing you very soon. Oh, man, fucking hell. You've become friends with him since then, right? Oh, he's a top kid, him. He's coming over in a couple of weeks. You might win this better, yeah. Oh, this, is, this is all engineered, yeah. So Carl was like, listen, mate, I got 50 quid riding on this. So. Oh, man. How's that make you feel? Sad, like, you know what I mean? Fucking hell. Oh, funny story about that fight. I got paid 12 grand for that fight. <laughs> like, I went to Vegas after it. And I blew it all. Um, and I come back and I've not paid my medical bills. So I got a bill for a thousand quid when I got back, but I'd spent all my money in oh. Vegas. And um, I phoned my dad and I said, Dad, can I lend a grand? <laughs> I'd just been paid. And um, I had to lend a grand off my dad a week after the fight because I'd spent it all in Las Vegas. It's beautiful boxing that you can knock lumps out of each other in a ring and then you get a voice and all like a video like that. Mm. It is. So I've listened to a couple of other people. So uh, Nigel Travis, I know he's, he's become a very good friend of yours. He's done a huge amount in the last few years for, for your career. We had a chat with him earlier on today as well. TC Top Cat Tommy Coyle. Happy retirement, mate. Uh, thank you for allowing me to be part of your, your journey. Some of the best moments of my life in the sport have been in your corner. Uh, so, uh, waiting for Debbie Matthews to come to the ring with me, you and Jamie in the ring. Uh, never forget, as we said, and, and I will never forget. Also being in your corner for, for Masha Dodds. It was special for me, and special for you, I hope. I love you loads. I uh, wish you all the best, Tommy. I want you to have a, a good, healthy life. And that's the most important thing, health is wealth. Uh, but I'm in Tenerife now, so I haven't got babysit you. So I enjoy everything about retirement while I hit the sun. Some beds and all that. Love you loads, Tom. Enjoy your time and, and, um, and all the best. We were talking about this man on the way here, weren't we? I said, he's a good man, he's Nigerian. I didn't even know you had, had done this. And, and thank you, by the way. Um, you'll have Please. to see. No, you don't. Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my, my idea, Carl. <laughs> it's not about Carl. Carl did the legwork, yeah. Um, <laughs> do you know what? Nigel's a good man. He'd drop anything at 10 minutes notice and come pick you up from an airport yeah. or, or do whatever. He's a very, very good person. He'd, he'd give you his last pound, he would. Selfless, Nigel, that most selfless man I know. He is. And Jamie was over, when I won that Commonwealth title, Jamie was over in, in Belfast with Carl for the fight, and, and Nigel was with me. And we've got a... You see, it was a, it was a good night, that. It really was. Mm. I can't believe it's over, you know. Is this helping? Do you think this kind of helps to put a full stop on things? Or is it making it a little bit difficult? No, it's closure. Listen, if I'd have done this before Christmas, I couldn't have done it. I genuinely couldn't. Yeah. Um, I've been in some holes over the last six months. Bad holes. Crying all the time. It is hard, honestly. It's been my best mate for 25 years, this mm. game. And then... Just, it's over, isn't it? Fucking ass, I don't want to do this, man. That is the most important thing to remember here, that you do owe Carl 50 quid. Oh, he's just, fuck, I'm crying. I'm, I was 
almost time on the minute. Don't worry about it, man. There's more the videos you, as well. <laughs> <laughs> you will still be around the it's game and right. around it's the gym and, and everything. It's your identity, like isn't it? It's, um, it's your purpose. It's what I've... I like structure. I've done it for 25 years, getting up, go for your run. You spend your day in a coffee shop, looking at Twitter or whatever you're doing, and you go in the gym on the night. And it's just, my whole structure's changed now. Mm. Someone said to me the other day, um, I said, oh, what do you do? I didn't know what to say. Normally you have, like, because you get asked the same questions all the time, you've kind of got, like, an automated reply. Yeah. You just say, oh, I give punched in the head for a living, you know, just because you don't want to say, oh, I'm a boxer. I'll make a bit of fun, but I was like, I can beat up for a living. And it was the first time somebody asked me, and I didn't, I didn't know what to say. So I thought, I'm not going to say I'm a boxer because I kind of come to this conclusion that it was time to call it a day. And then I actually said, I saw through and bench. Oh, what? You say what? I saw through and bench. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> he, he caught me off guard, I didn't know what to say. And I do, I do sell a bit of through and bench. <laughs> so, it's not well, completely lie. Yeah. No, yeah, it's not a lie. Jamie Moore credits you with being in the position that he's in now. When Oliver Harrison was was unwell, it was it was you that he was asked to sort of first coach and oversee for a short period of time. That turned into um, best part of a sort of half a decade or, or a bit more, in fact. And he he said that when you guys first got together and he agreed to take you on the pads, he didn't really know what to expect. Do you remember that first? Day on the pads. Got a video of it. My dress sense was horrible. <laughs> yeah, it was all foreign because I'd come from a trainer in Stevie Smith where it was all about being loose and flicking the jab up out of sight. And, and then I'd, I'd gone to a coach in Jamie where it was all about thinking about three and four shots in front, like tap, 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 whack, and touching up, whacking down, but doing it with the same hand because like, he just had me thinking about things like, our brain's programmed to think left, right, left, right. So you go left, right, left, right. Mm -hmm. But he would get me going left, right, left, left. And the first four was just a, a blag to, smoke screen, to yeah. a smoke screen, yeah, to, to disguise that left, left, because you go left, right, and then you leave his... So it was just a whole new experience. And I fell in love with the game because I felt like I was learning things with Jay. But I tell you, it was lonely with Jamie because I had to go all the way over to Manchester. There's been many times, and I've wrote about it, I actually have it on my MacBook. Oh, you probably know, but I'm, I'm an emotional kid, me. I used to sneak home, yeah, make me stay in an hotel, but I hated it. I don't like being on my own. Don't like the dark, I hate the dark. It's a true story, sleep till later on. Yeah, I do, I hate it, it's been dead, isn't it? I don't want to be in the dark. So I sleep with a light on, and the lads take the mic because I have to go to sleep watching the TV where it's an action film. And I've been known to have a Red Bull to chill me out. Like, I'm a bit <laughs> backwards sometimes. And um, he would make me stay in this hotel, and I hated it. I used to think too much. And he always used to say to me, one thing he said is, if you're thinking too long, you're thinking wrong. But it never helped. I used to still think too much. Mm. And I used to drive home in, like, the middle of the night, and then I'd drive back to get to the training for 10 o'clock and say, you look tired, you all right? Did you sleep last night? Well, you but didn't tell him? I'd gone home and, and drove back. Wow. I wanted to be in bed with my missus and like towards the latter part he understood that I, I performed better when I was happy and then all these crazy lot come to the gym and it was the last two, how many years, two? 
But two and a half hours for me. Two and a half years it? has been the best. And, and that's why it's so hard to finish. Because all these lot come along, and it's like I'd always trained on my own. I never had anybody in the gym with me. I was training alongside Ian, Mike Murray, Rocky, all the lads. It was, it was just fun. I mean, the first day he ever come in the gym, I, fi I fire extinguished him. So we're here. So tell me about this. What I would... So I just teamed up with Jimmy and the BBC wanted to come over and, and do it. So I'd been training a few days, but the BBC wanted to come over and get something with my new trainer. And it was a, kind of the first day I'd really met Tommy properly and trained with him. And he hit me with a fire extinguisher, like one of them big <laughs> smoke ones, all over the, the BBC, Northern Ireland guys, camera as well. He was raging. But I didn't really know whether, so another... I knew most of them, and most of them, I'd think, would laugh it off, but this mm. guy was furious. <laughs> he was, like, proper angry. I remember just thinking, like, it was everywhere. I remember thinking, what the fuck, like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> but it was good crack. But I completely understand where Tommy's coming from, because I've been in boxing 25 years now, mm. a long time, and the last two and a bit years have been, have been the best of, of my career, too. Wow. That's Most enjoyable, compliment. definitely. That's a huge compliment, because I know he's been a big part of that. Of course he has, Tommy and, and, and the rest of the boys too, but me and Tommy have become very, very good mates. And um, I was very close to getting into his corner in Madison Square yeah. Gardens, and then it just didn't work out. I remember being dead disappointed, because I'd have loved to have done it. I'd never done the corner for anyone before. That because the State Athletic Commission were a bit no, different? No, um, it was just something else, wasn't that? But, I wanted to do it and it, it didn't work out. And imagine your first corner in Madison Square Gardens, you know what I mean? It would have been good. Yeah. But then you know when I got the chance in Vegas and Tommy was there, it was great to have him in my corner. Well, yeah, I would have loved him to have been in my corner, but it didn't quite work out. I got the chance to do it in Vegas and it was unbelievable. Yeah. I, I was never been so quiet because normally I'm, you know, Jack the lad, having a laugh, having fun, but I know when to wind my neck in. And I just listened and I learned and it was an unbelievable experience. Met Batista. What a day. Yeah, it was class. What Wrestling day hard here. That's what I does. <laughs> oh, I used to love it as a kid, yeah. Oh, still love Lex it. Luger. As a kid. Wait, Lex Luger, yeah. <laughs> with, uh, Vin Diesel. Wait, well, he wasn't a wrestler, he's an actor, but... No, Diesel. Oh, I thought you said Vin Did Diesel. Did I say Vin Diesel? Yeah. Diesel. Yeah, <laughs> Diesel. Yeah. Kevin, Diesel. Kevin Nash, yeah. Oh, unbelievable. Yoko's owner. Yeah. Jake the Snake yeah. was my favourite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bret Hart, Owen Hart. Yeah. Well, we had Kurt Angle on the show, didn't we, last week? Did you? Yeah, we called it Ricard Angle. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm waiting for it to come out. He was great, yeah. Um, so let's let's just talk about. I mean, the man that, that has been in your corner for for this whole time and will be in yours for however many more fights you have, I guess. Carl, Jamie Moore, he's got a message for you uh, as well. Sammy Coyle, um, I just want to say congratulations on a fantastic career, mate. I'm so proud that I got to work with you alongside you. I want to say thank you for everything what you've done for me. I don't think you realise that you asking me to help you out and, and sticking along over the last six or seven years has uh, put me in a position where I can now enjoy boxing the way I'm doing it. And uh, a lot of that's down to you. So thank you. What a journey we had. Um, I'll never forget the nights we've had. And you should be proud of yourself because people will remember you for years to come, for the fights you was involved in, the person you are, the amount of people's pants you pulled down, and uh, more importantly, for being a good person. You've done a lot for your community. So you should be proud of yourself. So um, enjoy your assignments, get the slippers out, and I look forward to seeing you in the corner with us now, helping out instead of under the side of the ropes. Take it easy, son. I love you. Aww. 
It's cool, eh? Yeah, man, he's a good man, Jay. He looks after me like, he hasn't just made me a better fighter, he's made me a better person as well. Many times he's told me I'm being a dick. You know, just when you're a young kid, you're growing up, you start not becoming successful, but people start to recognise you. And I remember when you get your, your Twitter followers start going up, you think you're the dog's box. And you would just always have a way. I remember he sat me down on the ring uh, one time, corner of the ring, and said, you're a dickhead, you. And I said, what do you mean? He said, stop being a dickhead. I wound my neck in. He, he always had a way of, of speaking to me and just sometimes when I wouldn't spar very well, like one particular time, he, he, I always used to take a bad spar to heart. I think about it too much. I'd sparred bad one time and I'd gone back to my hotel and I was on my own and I was fed up. And he come pick me up and he took me around Old Sul Estate for a drive and showed me uh, where he used to hang around, where he grew up. And he just, he spoke to me. And what I've learned is that speaking to people who have been where you've been and gone through things they've gone through and just listening to them, you know, learning from their scar tissue, do you know what I mean? And just learning how to deal with things. It makes sense, really. We, you know, we was given two ears for a reason and one mouth. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Listen twice as much. And good trainer, good person. I've got a friend for life. I'll never forget after the Madison Square Garden fight, went out on a boat ride and then we just had a couple of Coronas together, like mates. We didn't even really talk about boxing. We just spoke, like just had took the piss out of each other, basically. I've got like two families. I've got a Manchester family, like gym family. And my family at home, fucking... I've had some good people around me. I'm yeah. very fortunate. Not all boxers have great people around them. Yeah, it's very true. And I've been fortunate. I had good people around me from, from day one. Let's talk about your last fight then, because I know you would have loved to have gone out on your, maybe your own terms that night, or maybe gone out on a win, as, as every fighter sort of hopes to do, but wasn't to be that night, but it was a, a terrific fight. And of course, Jamie, you know, really had your back. I know it was difficult when, when somebody pulls you out of a fight because fighters are, are, are always too brave for their own good, by and large. And again, you would have been that night had he not called it a day early. I'd go and go and go, I would. But Chris Algieri was a great opponent to finish on. It seems like a really, really top guy. Another good person as well. Yeah. He's the last person that's left a little message for you, mate. So he knows, that's probably why he didn't answer the phone. Because yeah, that makes sense now. What's up, Tommy? Chris Algieri here, wishing you and your beautiful family a great transition away from boxing. Enjoy your new life, my man. And stay up. There's a lot of good for you to do in this world. And I'll see you soon. I'm coming over across the pond. Check you guys out. All right, man, be good. Ah, oh, fair play to him. He's a good boy. I met up yeah, with him in Vegas the other month for Kyle's fight. Went for breakfast and stuff. Had a good chat. I wanted to tell him personally before I retired. There's been a few people I've told personally because, you know, I owe it to them. I didn't want them to go on the internet and find, oh, ladder we've supported from day one, sponsored and et cetera, et cetera, the certain people I've already told. Uh, I didn't want them to find out on the internet, you know what I mean? Mm. I'm, I like to think I'm a, I'm, I'm a decent kid. And Chris was one of them because I shared the ring with him. The fight was stopped because of my eyes. And, and I really like him, I really get on with him. 
It's just, when, when you sent me that, I got that through about 6 a.m. this morning. They look the same. Well, I, I opened my eyes, and you knew you blurry eyes the first thing in the morning, and I saw this thumbnail that you'd sent me with these glasses, and for a split second, I thought, is he doing an impression of Chris Algieri? <laughs> <laughs> and I clicked it, I was like, it is Chris Algieri. Yeah. Daphne Barra looked amazing. He's a good-looking bastard. Yeah, he, he, he is yeah, a good-looking man. Looking but I'm all right. Yeah, you're all right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, can I just say, so we've got, we've got Jimmy Moore and Nigel Travis, obviously two coaches. We've also got Derry Matthews and Chris Algieri, two guys who you fought, but you lost to. And I tried to get someone that you'd beaten to send a message, but I don't think the people of the Watch the TKO podcast would understand Hungarian. <laughs> Hungarian. <laughs> oh. He was really proud of that as well. That's a great joke. You're working on that. I laugh, I laugh when you first said that. Did you make it? Thanks for playing a joke to me. So, Hungarian journey, mate. You've beat, you beat a few Hungarians. Oh, I've beat loads of them. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you, the best, the best tweet I've ever got was from Curtis Woodhouse. He said, um, Newsflash, Tommy Coyle has retired. This was maybe like eight years ago. <laughs> and he says, Reason being, his trainer Stevie Smith has run out dead bodies um, <laughs> under the ring for him to fight. <laughs> and like, Cheers, mate. Yeah, when I look back, I thought, you know what? Fair play to all the Hungarians and the usual suspects. They bring you through and they, they, they teach you your trade. And mm. I fought a few. I just, just want to mention something because there's one bloke not mentioned. We no longer train together, but. Billy Dawson, thanks for all your input and your services in training camp. Appreciate them. Good man. Well, I want to give you the last word, really. So, if there's anything else you, you wanted to say, any sort of final parting words that you can sort of sum up in, in terms of your retirement, your career? I want to thank, first and foremost, my mum and dad for, for, for raising me the way they did. My dad's my best mate in the world. Um, dad, I love you to death. Um, Thanks for raising me hard and resilient and I know all them things you threw at me as a kid. Um, not physically, but them things, you know, the challenges you threw at me was to, to make me the, the man I am today. And I think my toughness and my courage and my perseverance definitely, definitely stems from you, my mum. Thanks for hiding all the stuff from my dad that I never found out about. I love you too. My wife, Ollie, oh, wow. How she even stayed with me over the years, I don't know. My kids, my brothers, you know, my trainers, my sponsors, everybody. But as well, the, the general boxing fans and all my friends and my family, my best mate, Jack Olsen, thank you. I'll never forget being in the fight with Chris Algieri. I'm not Chris Algieri, um, Daniel Buzuela. And it was a crazy fight. I got knocked down loads of times. He got knocked down a few times. There was points being deducted. But in the sixth round, I got put down by body shot. I'm, I'm in agony. I, honestly, I was, in, I was in so much pain. But as the count got higher, like five, six, seven, the crowd got louder. And honestly, it was the crowd what made me get up. I thought, there's no way here. One, my dad's watching ringside, but there's no way here I'm getting counted out in my hometown in front of all these people are shouting my name. You know, this is stuff I dreamed of as a kid being six, seven in the gym. So just thank you to everyone. But I will say boxing won't define me. I'm extremely proud to be from this city. They've supported me, not just in victory, but in defeat. And um, 
I'm going to continue to create a healthier hope, improve minds, change lives, give the next generation a head start for tomorrow, and just be a good kid, a, a kid that me, me kids can be proud of and, and say, that's me dad. Mate. Congratulations. Thanks, And mate. good luck with the next chapter. Appreciate it. Congratulations, Carl. Good, man. Love you, kid. Good, man. Love you. Yeah. That's it. It's done. I've got closure. It's... It's over. And brief. It's been hard, you know. Fucking hell, that was. Well, you're welcome back on this show anytime. You know that, mate. Yeah. Um, Thank you very much. And we look forward to seeing what the future holds. And I'm sure you'll be in this corner in Belfast as well in a few I'd months' time if that happens. So. I would absolutely love to be. Mate. Let's have a great year and good luck with the next yeah, few months. and you guys, yeah. Cheers. Thanks for, for having me on and letting me, you know, rather than just being in my local paper, you've given me a platform to announce it to all the boxing fans out there. So, so TKO guys, you, everyone, Joe, thank you. Mate, thank you very much. Well, that's it. Thank you at home for watching uh, as well. An emotional one with Tommy Cole. We wish him all the very best and we'll, of course, see him very soon. Uh, and we'll see you very soon as well. Keep tuned. Make sure you like and subscribe to Joe. Keep an eye out for TKO and we'll see you again very soon. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Good you on, mate. Fantastic. Good one. Oh, you're right. right. 25 years and it can be over in a 45-minute interview. You've been listening to TKO on Joe.